Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Chapter 46, and we're going to wrap up our series here on The Secret Place today. But I just want to go over a few things that I felt like the Lord has been saying to me. I know I, uh, the Holy Spirit gave me that prophetic word this morning for the church um, and for this area. And I'm so thankful for the gift of, of prophecy, simple prophecy. Um, I've said this many times. I'm going to say it again. But I'm not a prophet. I just can function in the gifts of the Spirit like anybody can who yields. And, uh, and so... Um, but I wanted to share just a couple of things with you, and this is something that is actually going to come forth even greater. Um, we're, I'm working with uh, Neil Barnt with some things concerning uh, you know, political response to the situations that we face. I don't want to leave this impression in people's minds, and I felt like I needed to say this. I don't want to leave the impression in people's minds that I'm okay with the fact that the church has been shut down. Um, I am not. Uh, I am not okay that our governor um, has decided to deem the foundation of this nation, which is faith in God, and the Constitution uh, unnecessary, like he has some sort of law that he's going by that isn't founded on the Constitution, and he thinks he's in that place. I'm not okay with that. And people say, you know, well, you know, there's a, a, this, this consensus in the church. That's a false consensus, by the way. That as the church, you know, there's this thought, well, you're just to obey the laws of the land. If you don't know the Constitution, you don't know the laws of the land. And everything underneath the Constitution that is, quote, unquote, an amendment to the Constitution has to be subject to the original law. The original law is the Constitution. It's not what man came up with in ignoramus afterwards. And people say, do you have to come at it strong? I believe that there's a generation rising up in the church that is similar to the founding fathers. They had to rise up and be strong and bold. If we are not, as the church, going to rise up and be strong and bold in our declaration of faith, in tying God directly into our nation and electing officials and leaders, those that fear God into offices of authority, then shame on the church. Because the church needs to rise up. The church needs to be bold. The church must not allow their voices to be silenced. So here's what I was praying this morning. And uh, I've been sent many things, you know, from many of you. And I'm thankful for them. And I've read many things from different prophets that are in the nation. And there's many good ones. And I'm not going to try and go through them all. I'm just going to share with you what I feel like God told me this morning. The Lord has been dealing with me about a passage of scripture in prayer when I've been praying for our nation and then specifically for this area of the, of the country as far as Montana and Billings, our area here and what's taken place. And there was a scripture that I read about um, Jesus responding to Herod. And there was a scripture that I read it and the Holy Spirit just, he just impressed it on me. Sean, this is your situation right now. And uh, I thought, oh, that's interesting. And so I started looking some things up. And there will, I'm going to teach on this later. I'm not going to do it right now. But I just want to share this thought with you. It says this, that the, the, basically the Pharisees, Sadducees, the religious leaders came to Jesus and threatened Jesus via for Herod, basically. Herod threatened to kill Jesus if he went to a certain place. And Jesus looked at the religious leaders of that day and he said, you tell that fox that I will go to such and such and such and such and I will lay hands on the sick. I will just basically dispense the kingdom of God. Now, this is not an exact quote, but this is what he's talking about. And I will fulfill the will of God and he won't touch me. And I thought, boy, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Jesus calls Herod a fox. What is a fox? A fox in Jewish culture is an animal that was considered shifty. They prowled around at night. They were they're, uh, little scavengers. They're burrowers. Is one of, actually, one of the uh, commentaries talks about a burrower. In other words, they're little animals that get into things and cause problems. In Song of Solomon, we read that the small foxes spoil the vine. 
And you say, what does this have to do with uh, uh, what, where you're going? Hang with me. You'll see. This is what I felt like the Lord said to me this morning in prayer. Donald Trump is doing his part in draining the swamp. But we must do our part locally to remove the foxes. We must remove the foxes. I'm talking about the church. Now, if you're watching and you're like, I'm an atheist, I could care less about your God, I don't believe him. If you want to live in foolishness, go ahead, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm talking to, to those who are to stand for justice and righteousness. And you're saying, well, are you calling uh, 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 Governor uh, uh, Bullock a fox? Yes, I am. And you say, why? Because any person who holds the place of authority in a, in a, in a state and follows the legalities and the motivation of hell is counter to the kingdom of heaven. And the kingdom of heaven and the church of the Lord Jesus Christ must rise up. And you say, how can you say that? Any group that stands and passes laws for the murder of babies does not have the right to stand and declare law about keeping people safe. It is not right. It is hypocritical and it is wrong. And we will not stand for it as the church. And the church will be, you say, are you speaking to, I'm speaking to anybody who will repent. But I would just tell you this. We must as the church function in a level of love that is without fear. And many in the church, including myself at times, have held back the truth out of fear. And we cannot do it anymore. Uh, what I've sensed in prayer is I've spent extra time praying in other tongues, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying for the church, praying for our church here and for our state and for the move of God. We must change the leadership in this state in the name of Jesus. Church, we must rise up. We must. We must go to the ballot box. We must vote. No more sitting back and going, well, whatever be, will be, will be. Whatever God, you know, people say, you know, we got to submit to the laws of the land. Friend, the law of the land is that you have a voice. The law of the land is not whatever they come up with. God did not place us in a place of dictatorship. He placed us in a place of freedom, a place of we're able to express where we have freedom of speech, where we have freedom to bear arms and bearing arms. And all of these freedoms were set in place because at one time the founders of our nation were under a group that told them when and how they could worship. I don't know about you, but I don't want to go back to that. And I'll be honest with you, I don't, as, as Pastor Rusty Phelan said out of Miles City, I was talking to him on the phone. Breakforth Bible Church, Miles City. He said, Sean, I'm, you know, even if it, you know, I, I, he said, I'm not afraid of this situation. He said, but a thought came to me. What about my kids? We have a generation church coming up behind us. Will we help them spread the glory? Will we help them with freedom? Or will we shrink back in fear of lawsuits? Shrink back in fear of what, could happen if we don't if we if we speak up and speak out for what God has given us and there'll be more on this as we go but i want to read this other part to you that i that i wrote down here that specifically the lord said to me we must rise up church i don't care if your motivation is your small business I don't care if your motivation, you say, well, I don't believe in your God. Fine, don't believe in my God, but you love your freedoms. And if you love your freedoms, you'll follow this way of thinking. Because those who gave you this freedom have the same beliefs that I do in this place. And the same beliefs that this congregation does in this place. And many other congregations like this one who believe in the, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, Jehovah. That God created all men equal, with the right to be free and to worship him in that freedom. We are not meant to be slaves. But he goes on, uh, the Lord went on to say this to me. 
We love what we have experienced nationally, talking about President Trump, those who voted for him. I know there's a group that don't, but so what? We lived through President Obama. And I saw a post the other day. You say, you're really political this morning. I know. Just dwell in the secret place. You'll be fine. I saw a post the other day that, that you know, somebody had posted, actually a friend or acquaintance of mine that we graduated high school together. And he made this statement that, um, he made this statement that uh, President Obama had endorsed Joe Biden. And finally, Joe Biden would maybe get elected and there could be righteousness back in the White House. You have got to be kidding me. I don't say this out of fighting or uh, just a bravado sense, but out of love for you people that think that sin is righteousness. You better repent. Eternity is in the balance. Stop wandering through your life acting like you're not going to die because you are going to. I'm talking about physically. And if you don't get born again spiritually, you will die spiritually for eternity. Oh, you're trying to scare me. I don't have to. Your day of ending on this earth is coming. I don't need to promise you anything. It will happen. Nobody lives forever down here unless the Lord returns and you're in his covenant. So please repent, get saved, give your life to Jesus. So we love what we've experienced nationally, but here locally in Montana, many hate what we've experienced. This is a pay attention moment is what the Holy Spirit said to me. A remember how you feel moment. A Look at the facts and don't forget at the ballot box moment. That's exactly what the Lord said to me. This is a what? This is a pay attention. Remember how you feel. Look at the facts and don't forget at the ballot box moment. I am calling the church to vote righteousness. Not your pocketbook. I don't care about that. People say, oh, but they may raise our taxes. I don't care. The Lord is our supply. You're telling me you're going to vote for somebody who's pro-choice because you'll get a little more money? You will be held accountable for that, just so you know. You will be held accountable for it. People say, well, I'm a Christian and I'm a this. I don't know how you can be a Christian and agree with, with certain things and follow them. Your heart's, your head's messed up. Your heart may be right, but your head's messed up and you need to change it. All right, moving on before I cause any more uh, fighting. We, the church, can control our destiny in this. We must change who represents us and we must change the laws. And you say, how do you change the laws? You change who represents you. You vote in those who will put into law righteousness. That's what you do. All right. So praise God. Let's pray about that. And um, I'm believing God, if I offended you, that you'll really not just be mad, but that you'll pray and that you'll focus and you'll look and go to the Lord in prayer and ask about him or ask him about what was said and see if it's right. Look through the scriptures and see. I know people have said to me before, you know, um, I don't, you know, I don't think God wants us to vote. I don't think God wants us to do this or that. I don't think God's interested in politics. And listen, Daniel was in politics. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in politics. Joseph was in politics. And people say, yeah, but the early church. Guys, the early church was under a dictatorship. They were under Rome. They were under Rome. They didn't have a ballot box that they could go to. It wasn't we the people. It was Hail Caesar. We don't have hail President Trump. We don't have hail Governor Bullock. We have we the people of the United States of America. That's what we have. And we need to remember that. We cannot forget that. I believe that there is going to be, and many prophets have stated this, and there's one particular one that I'm thinking about right now. She's actually, I would say, more of a prophetess. She's a prayer. She may not label herself that way, but Lynn Hammond. Mac and Lynn Hammond out of Minnesota, but Lynn Hammond talked about the Lord told her and showed her, and this was years ago, that there would be a revival of 
going back to the, actually the founding fathers in this nation on how we govern and how we believe. Because socialism and communism has, has invaded our nation greatly. And we need to be aware of that. Um, and you may say, well, I'm young. I don't really understand all these things. Well, I pray your parents do, and I pray they help you understand it. Another website that I'd point out to you um, that you can go to is wallbuilders.com. Wallbuilders.com. I know there's many of them, but these are just a couple that I, I have really enjoyed. But wallbuilders.com is a good one as well. So uh, be aware of that. We can change these things, and we don't have to be silent concerning them. Praise God for that. I'm so thankful for it. Psalms chapter 46 is where we're going. I pray, I really do, I pray that you're not just offended, but that you actually take time and reasonably think through, logically think through uh, what was said to you today. Don't just throw it off. Don't just get mad. I mean, some of you may already shut me off. I don't know. But don't just get mad. Think, reason, look at what's happening. Don't forget how you feel right now. And then this is the other thing I will tell you. We must look at the stats when they start coming out on COVID-19. We must read the data. And people say, well, we got to listen to the smart people. Listen to me. I'm okay with listening to smart people. Listen to me. Here's where, here's where we need to get. This is actually, it goes to another level below that. As long as they're motivated by the spirit of righteousness. Because I don't care how smart somebody is, if they don't have the spirit of righteousness operating in them, they will manipulate to control. And listen to me, they may even be doing it out of total deception. They may be so passionate and hungry for for quote-unquote saving and protecting people, they don't even realize that they're yielding to the enemy because they have no way of knowing because they're not even born again. I don't know where Bill Gates is at. I have no idea. I would not guess that he's saved, but he could be so entrenched in his thinking on this that he thinks he's doing the right things. And he isn't. (laughs) Praise God, though, we can pray for him. We can pray for him and we can stand up with our voice and move forward as a nation. All right, let's go ahead and pray so we can refocus here and we'll finish up part eight, the secret place. Psalms 46 is where we're going. Father, we do just thank you for your, your Holy Spirit and for your anointing. We thank you for your word, Lord. This is where it, we dig down into and, and lay a firm foundation in our life, Lord, out of your word, and we're so grateful for it. Holy Spirit, I thank you for the utterance you've given us. I ask you to continue, and I yield my tongue to you to speak through me, and I thank you, Father, that today, in believers' lives, and in those who've held on watching that are unbelievers. You're going to show them and minister in their lives, destroying anxiety, destroying the power of the enemy, the yoke of the enemy, the bondage of the enemy will be destroyed by the anointing in the name of Jesus. Uh, That's on your word, that two-edged sword, and by the manifestation of the gifts of the Spirit in Jesus' name. We give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. So today... I want, to, I want to just recap real quick and then finish up with refusing anxiety and setting and keeping your mind to live in the secret place. We're talking about dwelling in the secret place, the secret place of the Most High, abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. And what that means is, we talked about this before, but we have a place in God that has been granted to us by the covenant that has been established through the blood and body of Jesus Christ that we can go in and crawl in under God's wings. And not only do we sit there, not only can we visit there, quote-unquote visit there, we actually dwell there now. Now, people say, sometimes I just don't feel like I dwell there. I know that's because you're going by your feelings, not spiritual truths. You have to operate in faith in spiritual truths. If you want your feelings to be heightened, you have to shut everything else off and spend time in the presence of God, worshiping Him. Just All it really is is just an adjustment of your soul to refocus you into alignment with the reality of heaven there, but heaven here. And then the presence of God that's already manifest in the earth because He's omnipresent, you'll become more and more aware of the tangibleness of it. So what happens with believers is, and they don't realize they're doing this, they yield to fear. 
And then the tangibleness of the reality of that fear begins to wash and and move almost like a sound wave would move through you. In the spirit, there's a movement that's going on that will go through your mind and it'll go through your body. Come on, you've been walking up the stairs from your basement when it's dark. And you feel like something's chasing. There's nothing there chasing you. That's a lie from the pit of hell is what that is. And you feel it and people are like, oh, I felt it. And they get all excitable about the, 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 the sense in the spirit and the sense in the natural of the enemy. And they worship that instead of worshiping God. In the middle of that, if you want to worship God, you should slow down and go, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me, your word and your spirit, rod and staff. They comfort me, protect me, gird me up. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Perfected love casteth out all fear. That's what should come out of us. But depending on what you're full of. See, if you're full of, um, I was uh, having a conversation with Mike this uh, on Friday. And he was talking about the fact if you're full of Netflix, then Netflix will come out. Go ahead and quote Netflix to the devil and see what happens. <laughs> well, we love our entertainment at the expense of your spiritual fullness. Oh, I need to say it again. In the name of Jesus, you love your entertainment at the expense of fullness of the Holy Spirit and fullness of the word of God when you could be full of God Almighty. You say, oh, you're saying I can't watch this or that. It wouldn't do you. It wouldn't do you any harm not to watch any TV, anything like that for a month solid. And just feed on the word. How about you do a swap? For every hour you entertain yourself, read the word. Woo, pray in the Holy Ghost. Other tongues. See what happens in a month. We're going to go into a series on fasting and praying right after this. It's going to be phenomenal. I'm so excited to smell burning flesh. It's going to be awesome. We're going to be... You say, what do you mean by that, preacher? My job as a pastor is to teach you how to be a vessel overflowing with the presence of God so that you're the church wherever you go. I don't care your age. It doesn't matter your age. If you're born again, I don't care if you're four or 400. You're not here with us if you're 400, but you know what I mean. I don't care how young or old you are. My job, the, the grace of God that was mandated in me, placed in me before I was ever on this planet, is to help you be full and to remain full. And we've been talking about the secret place. We talked about Psalms 46 verse 10. Be still. This is part of remaining full and dwelling in the secret place of the Most High. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the, in the, in the earth. And the church said yes and amen. And the word still means to slacken, to cease, to be idle. It means to let alone. Some of you need to let some things alone in your life. Get rid of them out of your life. You don't need them. And I'm talking about some friendships that you have too by the Spirit of God right now. Because that friendship, all they do is stir you up and you get all tense and you're no longer still. And you get out of faith and they're not feeding you with faith. You need to cut that thing off. And people say to me, oh, but I'll feel bad for them. So you're led by your feelings, not the Word of God. You're led by other people, not the word of God, not the lordship of of Jesus Christ in your life. You say, well, that seems harsh. No, it's just the Bible and the Bible. Many times people have not been taught. They've been they've been uh, fed little light, uh, watered down, milky messages that are not true to the gospel and to what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ. Do you want peace in your life? Then, then put your flesh through the necessary unrest to live out of the resurrection within you. Oh, I'm going to say it again. Put your flesh through the necessary unrest, its desires not being fulfilled, that the resurrection of Christ may flood through you, spirit, soul, and body. And body. The tangible presence of God flowing through the physical flesh. You say, do you have scripture for that? I don't have time to deal with that right now, but I have way more scripture than than you'd like to think about probably. (laughs) Example after example, not only of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but also the his disciples. 
and not just the apostles. Praise the Lord. To relax means to be still, to withdraw, and to be quiet. People think, well, I've got to be, you know, on a fishing boat uh, out in the middle of nowhere with no noise in order to relax. Then that just tells me you're not as spiritual as you think you are. Because true peace can sleep if you're being executed the next day. There are so many in the church that are running around trying to relax. And all you do is get tense. You're just tense everywhere you go. And it's because it's not coming from the inside out. You're saying I can't go fishing. I can't go hunting. I can't go, you know, watch my favorite sport. I'm, I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying if those are, your, those are your source, then God is not. And there's a problem. Because peace is a fruit of the spirit. It's not a, condition, it's not a fruit of your condition. It's not a fruit of your situations. Peace is a fruit of the Spirit. It's internal going external. Not the other way around. <laughs> Come on. Come on, church. Rise up. We're growing. We're developing. We don't stay the same. It means to, this word still means to abandon and forsake. And so we see here, as we know the Lord, we need to make ourselves still. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6. If you're taking notes, the next point here is be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. And in this particular point, uh, Kylie, just so you know, I'm going to bounce back and forth between a couple of passages, and I'll do my best to stay, keep you on your toes here. Philippians, Philippians is a great epistle from the Apostle Paul, and... uh, just so you know, the epistles are not the apostles' wives. The epistles are the letters that the apostles wrote. I heard that one time. I thought that was kind of funny. You know, what are the epistles? They're the apostles' wives. No, that's not what that is. So but they're the actual, they're the actual uh, books that are uh, letters that the apostles wrote. So Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, and we're talking about be anxious for nothing. Look at this here. Verse 6, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Notice that with this prayer, it doesn't say with whining, let your requests be made known to God. It says what? With thanksgiving, not with worry and fear, not with anxiety, not with any of those things. Be anxious for no thing. What do you think the word nothing means? It means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. People say, well, I do good most of the time, but this one thing makes me very nervous. Then you've got areas to grow. Because you're to be anxious for nothing. And people say, well, how do I do that? You rely on the grace of God within you and the faith that comes from this word and you fellowship with your father in the secret place. And as you fellowship and there's a transformation of the mind that takes place, you'll wake up one day and go, hey, I'm not afraid of that thing anymore. I don't have any anxiety about that thing anymore. Praise the Lord. You develop, you grow, you, you are strengthened. You are careful for nothing. Jesus warns us about the consequences of worry in the Sermon on, on the Mount. And that's found in Matthew 6, 25 through 34. I'm not going to go there, but that's where that sermon's found. David and Peter agree on what we should do with our worries. David and Peter agree with what we should do with our worries. We are to cast them over on the Lord. That's found in Psalms 55, verse 22. It says, cast your burden on the Lord and he shall sustain you. People sometimes wonder, I'm not being sustained. I thought I was supposed to be sustained. I'm not being sustained. Have you cast your burden on the Lord? If you cast your burden on the Lord, you'll be sustained. Watch this. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. Psalm 55, 22. He shall never permit the righteous to be moved. So you say, how do I know if I'm righteous? If you're born again, the right, you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So what can we claim out of this verse? I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't care what's going on around me. I will not be moved. I will not be moved. You say, what are you doing? This, my friend, is the simplest way to explain and to demonstrate to you spiritual warfare. That's all I'm doing right now. Now, 
under the anointing here and with people listening and in a church setting many times with worship going on, many Christians are so feeling oriented and they don't realize they're doing it because they've kind of been conditioned that way, but they'll only speak these things when they feel the Holy Ghost goosebumps parked on their shoulders and arms and all that. When you can say this, when you feel fear all around you, you can say, I will not be moved. And you say, what are you doing? People, well, many in the, in the church circles would say, I'm lying because they don't believe the Bible. But the Lord would say, I'm pleasing him because I'm living by faith. It's not that I'm denying what's going on around me. I'm denying its right to operate in a child of God's domain. Come on, did you hear it? Fear has to go in the name of Jesus. If you've dealt with the spirit of fear, walk through your house, plead the blood of Jesus. You say, what do you mean by that? I'll walk through, I do this with my family. I do this with you, actually, as a church. I walk around, I go, Father, I thank you for the blood of Jesus. I plead the covenant of the blood over everyone in the name of Jesus. That covenant speaks Life, mercy, forgiveness, patience, compassion, kindness, all these good things. Healing, blessing, favor, the covenant, the kingdom of heaven being established in your homes in the name of Jesus. You need to do that in your home. If you feel fear, walk through your house and go, fear, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You pick up all your stuff and you get out of here right now in the name of Jesus. And people say, well, I tried that and it didn't work. I've located you. Faith people don't try. They do. It's not a matter of try. It's a matter of do. Really what happened, friend, is it was working just fine. You just stopped. See, it's through faith and patience. You've got to train the enemy that you're serious and that you won't back down. And you can do it. The enemy is a liar, but I will give him this. He is a persistent cuss. That is one thing that he has going for. So you, by the grace of God, as Paul said, working in you mightily, will not quit and you will overcome in the name of Jesus. So you cast your care. It won't move you. Why? Because the Lord is with you and he's not going to let the righteous be moved. 1 Peter 5, verse 7. Another scripture that talks about this. This is Peter and David we're quoting. David was in Psalms. Peter here, obviously, in 1 Peter 5, casting all your care upon him for he cares for you. Be sober. Be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion. Notice, he is not a roaring lion. He's like one. Seeking whom he may devour. So he's, trying, he's presenting himself a certain way, seeing if you'll respond in fear, and then he's going to try and devour you. But if you realize who he is, and you cast your care upon the Lord, and you do verse 9, resist him, watch this, steadfast in the faith. What does the word steadfast say to you? It means we don't quit until we draw our last breath of oxygen. That's what it means. Don't stop. Knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. In other words, every, every believer suffers with the enemy's attacks. They do. They come, the enemy comes against us. That's nothing new. But what are we going to do? We're going to walk steadfast. In no place in the Bible, in no place does the Bible say we are to worry about anything. Yet many seem to think that their worry somehow aids the plan of God. God settles everything from his side without the help of our worrying. Worry always concerns the future. We know God is taking care of everything up until this point. But because we do not know tomorrow, we think he may fail to come through for us this time. So we worry. God has perfect knowledge. He knows and sees the future as well as we see the past. We need to stop worrying and start trusting. God has never failed us and will not start failing us tomorrow. 
But in everything by prayer, by worshipful prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, we must let our requests be made known unto God. The foundation for prayer in our lives is a relaxed attitude. Fear and worry hinder our prayers because we are saying through our attitudes and actions that we do not believe the promises of God. There needs to be a fight in you that is almost a, especially if you've dealt with fear and it's, it's operated and controlled you in your life for years, there needs to be like a, a teeth gritting, I'm going to bite down and not give up fight in you. Uh, I relate it to uh, uh, like, well, there's two things. A pit bull will lock its jaw and never let go. And that's what you need to do. And people say, well, I'm, you know, I'm a timid personality. If you're born again, you're a lion of the tribe of Judah personality. So stop talking about your flesh and what the enemy has lied to you about. I'm not saying you have to be loud and obnoxious like me. I'm just saying that you have a fight in you. Use it. It's the spirit of God. Fight. The other analogy I would use is like a bull rider. They have to hang on for eight seconds. And they strap that, that thing down so hard. You, it, I heard a, a, there was a gentleman who uh, believed God through something. And he wrote a book. I don't even remember his name right now. But I think he wrote a book called White Knuckle Faith is what it was. And your white knuckle means you grip and you don't let go because your knuckles turn white. White knuckle, you got to be that way. You got to fight that way. People say, oh, I wish somebody would do it for me. Stop that. You're never going to get anywhere that way but to Disappointmentville and you're going to live there and you're going to get into Bitternessville and Offendedville because you're going to get mad at preachers like me who tell me that the response or tell you that the responsibility is yours because I'm reading the scriptures and that you're empowered by the scripture. If you don't get it yourself and grab onto it, take the sources to feed you, but you must put the word to practice in your own life in order for it to come to pass. Don't fall for the trap of the enemy. Instead of worrying, we need to pray over each situation. Paul instructs us to pray over everything, both in worshipful prayer as well as specifically presenting our needs to God. Such prayers need to be accompanied with thanksgiving, which is a verbal expression of our faith. Okay, back to Philippians 4 in verse 7. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds. The peace of God. This is how you dwell in the secret place. The peace of God. When you follow verse 6 into verse 7, you'll have the peace of God that will guard not only your mind, but also your what? Your heart. Both. It'll guard both. The Holy Spirit is standing guard over my heart and my mind. It's powerful. It's very powerful. And that is the grace of God in operation. You don't have to come up with that peace. It'll be there. The Holy Spirit will guard you and protect you. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 in the Passion Translation says this, Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell Him every detail of your life. Then God's wonderful peace that transcends human understanding will make the answers known to you through Jesus Christ. I love that. So not only do you need to uh, be anxious about nothing, but then secondly and lastly, you need to keep your mind on him. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 1 says this, In that day, this song will be sung in the land of Judah. We have a strong city. God will appoint salvation for walls and bulwarks. Open the gates that the righteous nation which keeps the truth may enter in. Verse 3, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever for Yah, the Lord, is everlasting strength. Perfect peace. These two words are shalom, shalom. That's what they are. It's actually, if you translated it like in, in the way it's, the second word peace is translated, it should say, he will keep you in peace, peace, is what it actually means. The word shalom means happy, great, health, prosperity, wholeness, rest, and safety. That's what it means. 
You, you can declare out of your mouth, you're in covenant with God the Father. I am kept in perfect peace. You say, it's just going to happen as you keep your mind on him and as you trust in him. See, we have a responsibility in this. Stayed, the word stayed, you must keep your mind stayed, means to set self. It means to stand fast. It means to lean upon or take hold of. So in my mind, I take hold of the promise and I keep it there. And as I keep it there, what takes place in my life? Peace, peace, wholeness. And as I keep it there, that's a response out of the trust, the faith that's in my heart toward the Lord. Let's go over to uh, Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. And this is our, our last scripture here. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1 says this. So if I'm going to keep my mind there, part of keeping my mind there, and this is the New Testament sister verse to Isaiah 26, 1 through 4. But if I'm going to keep my mind there, Paul said it this way, set your mind on things above. So chapter 3 verse 1 in Colossians says, if then you were raised with Christ, which we were if we're born again, we are, we're seated there now, seek those things that are above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Watch verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died. See, I've already died. It's wonderful. I don't have to worry about dying because I've already died. It's already done. People say, oh no, you haven't died yet. No, no, no. You, you see the flesh. That's the only part of me that hasn't died yet. Me, the true me, died with Christ, was buried with Christ, and was raised with Christ. It's a done deal. It's done done. It's over. It's done. No more. I don't have to die. I've already passed from death unto life. And the spirit of the resurrection lives in me. And I'm believing God for the spirit of resurrection to come through my pores. <laughs> you say, well, I haven't seen that yet. Stick around. God wants to flow through the whole body of Christ in fullness. And we must believe this truth of resurrection that Paul taught us. Set your mind on things above. Not on things of the earth. Earth, Verse 3. For you die and your life is hidden with Christ in God. The devil comes to you and says, I'm going to kill you. You can't find me. Because I'm hidden in Christ. In God. This is the greatest hide and seek ever. The greatest hiding place ever. I'm hidden with Christ in God. We are exhorted to keep our minds on things that are above. We do this by meditating daily in the word. It is by keeping our minds fixed on the Lord that we have the power to overcome the works of the flesh. Through the power of the word, we put off the old man and his evil deeds and put on the new man. As we look into the mirror of God's word, the spirit of God will change us into the very image of Jesus Christ. Glory to God. When God's word overflows in our hearts, it will be manifested through our lives in praise and worship to God and in admonition and instruction to others. And, in de- in, and I would add this, in demonstration of the spirit. Through the word of God dwelling in us richly, we can become the best husbands, wife, children, employers, and employees and disciples or disciples to the world. And listen to me. We are not just gathering information to stack up in our brains so we have intellectual answers to give to people. That is only one part of the resurrection is transformation of the mind. There must be demonstration. There must be manifestation of the resurrection. And we are believing for it. You need to walk around and tell yourself that, and speak of who is in you. John G. Lake used to do this. And I think Smith Wigglesworth, it was one of the two. It doesn't matter. It could have been both. But he, they would get up in the morning, put a suit of clothes on, and look in the mirror and say, God lives in that suit of clothes. Why? Heavenly minded, earthly good. <laughs> earthly glory manifests when we're heavenly minded. 
Now listen, if I say that and you go, well, I don't, just don't know, you need to read your Bible. You need to get so convinced because that's what God's after. We need to seek those things that are above where Christ is, is seated in heavenly places. Meditate on those things and having that right attitude. Realize that your life is over and you're hidden now in Christ Jesus. You, as Paul said in Romans 12, present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service of worship. In other words, you need to wake up in the morning and go, God, not only is my mind yours, my mouth is yours, my hands are yours, my body's yours, my clothes is yours. Lord, everything that I saw you do in the disciples, everything that I saw you do in Revelation, uh, uh, in your earth walk, I allow you to use me as your vessel today. Wherever I go, flow through me. Speak your words. Let people see you in my eyeballs. Let me pe people see you and hear you in my words. Lord, whatever you need to do, if you need to set my hair on fire, do it, Lord. John Wesley said, I'm going to set myself on fire and the world will come watch me burn. And that's not just for the preacher. That's for every believer, young and old. Maybe you're watching today and you don't know the Lord. And I want to give you that opportunity. The scripture says in Luke 4, 18, Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and a recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those that are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Prepare your heart right now. If you would, Mike, could you go grab me the New Believers Pack that we have, the Bible, the book, the both the God's creative power, why tongues, all that stuff, and just bring that to me real quick. I have Mike here, and he's going to grab some things that I want to show to you. But I want to pray with you. If you've never received the Lord as your personal Lord and Savior, Romans chapter 3 says this, verse 10. There is none righteous, no, not one. And in order to get into heaven, you have to be righteous. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says this, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's nobody who has not fallen short of the glory of God. You all have sinned and fallen short. Romans chapter 5, verse 8 says this, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You say, why would Christ die for us? So that we could become the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. So that we could go to heaven. And be with the Father God. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says this. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. And believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Romans chapter 10 verse 13 says. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord. Will be saved. And I want to give you that opportunity today. I want to read one more scripture to you that I don't have in my notes, but I, I love it. It says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse um, number 20 says, Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. I implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For God made Jesus who knew no sin, and we just read that we have all fallen short of the glory of God. We have all sinned. He made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might be the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, I am an ambassador asking you, do you want to be born again? If you do, bow your head, close your eyes, and pray this with me right now. And if you're in, since you're in, there's some here in the audience today, I want you to do this. Repeat after me so that I can keep my cadence right with, with people out there. So if you would pray after me. Heavenly Father, I come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I apologize. I repent for sinning against you. I have heard your words from your scriptures and I believe that you made Jesus sin for me. That the sin I committed was put upon Jesus 
that he bore it for me. Spirit, soul, and body. That he died and that he was raised from the dead for my justification, for my forgiveness, for my cleaning, spirit, soul, and body. I receive that work that Jesus did, the blood and body of Christ being broken and shed for me. I believe Jesus is the Son of God, and I receive him as my Savior and Lord. I am born again from this day forward. I am a child of God. When I pass from this life, I will go right to the Father in heaven and be with Jesus Christ and the body of Christ for eternity. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer with me, yeah, go ahead, Mike. You can bring up that Bible. I, you know, we've sent out I don't a few, several of these at this point, three or four, I don't know, to people that um, that have given their life to the Lord. One is we have a Bible for you that we'll send to you if you prayed that prayer. We have a book here called Seven Basics or Strong Roots for Every Christian. This is a new believers book that we actually are going to do a new believers class on. Um, but we send this out to you. It just goes through and explains. Uh, the first chapter is getting to know God. The second is getting into the Bible. Uh, the third is get real in prayer, getting into a good church, getting excited and telling somebody, being a witness, getting your head on straight. That's always a good idea. Uh, getting ready for the adventure. This is a great book. We'll send this to you along with this Bible at no cost. You were just sending them out. If you contact us either by messenger or by via, uh, via, via the website. <laughs> oh, you got to love live stream. Via the website, which is faithfamilybillings.com. We'll send you this book by Brother Hagen. It's called The New Birth. Then we'll send you another book by Brother Hagen, two other ones called In Him, which is really good. The New Birth talks about um, what just took place, actually. It's a good, good uh, another book on them. And uh, another one we'll send you called Why Tongues by Brother Hagen. This is about the baptism of the Holy Spirit with speaking in other tongues. You need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and then another one is God's Creative Power by Charles Caps. So we'll send all these to you to get you started. So contact us. We'll send them out to you this week. Praise God, and we'll contact, take that contact information and stay in touch with us. Guys, if you gave your life to the Lord, you need a church. You'll backslide if you don't have one. Don't listen to the people that tell you, oh, I can just do, you know, I just, just me and God, you know. I, don't listen to that nonsense. There's no scriptural basis for that. You need family. You need somebody to love on you. Hey, God bless you guys. We love you. We're praying for you, and we'll be in touch concerning service next week. Praise God. Join us Wednesday night. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.